Hello, and welcome to the Three Links Oddcast, your podcast for all things having to do with Odd Fellowship. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to the Three Links Oddcast. I'm one of your hosts, Toby Hansen. I'm one of your other hosts, Ainsley Heilick. And I'm your third host, Mike Dominiak. Welcome, everybody. We're doing a great crossover episode with our friends, Billy and Tara, from the Modern Goat Rider podcast up there in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. Hey, Billy. Hey, Tara. Hello. As always, we're brought to you by Pig and Pug Bath Stuff. Um, winter's just around the corner. Are you clean enough for winter? Better double check, get yourself some soap and some bath bombs and some other great cleaning stuff. Keep yourself clean, folks. It gets cold in the wintertime and you want to be smelling great. Remember, thank you 24 is the code for 24% off your order with pig and a pug bath stuff. So we're talking about uh, some important issues of Odd Fellowship. And uh, Billy, over at the tail end of your show, you had something that you wanted to talk about. Apparently, Scott Aitchison, your past grandmaster in British Columbia, is the new spokesmodel of Odd Fellowship. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're, we're posing the question that uh, a naked member or a a tastefully naked member calendar would be a promising promotional item sold at your local co-op grocery store um, uh, to bring in uh, sort of interest or more positive, humorful, fun attention. So the question I posed was what can a lodge do or not do that would jeopardize their charter? And if mm. a lodge had members posing with aprons and uh, sashes and charge books in uh, strategically placed areas would sovereign grand uh kind of come down hard on that who knows that answer so being on the communications committee and probably being the first place the complaint would be lodged um being if such images were uh, posted on facebook and knowing about other incidents on Facebook that could kind of align with said sort of imagery. Um, I would say if a lodge were wanting to do a very outside the box, that would be very much pushing boundaries of what traditional odd fellowship would be. I would say, first of all, it's always good to ask permission or just check if it's okay, um, you know, get a hold of your grandmaster or, you know, ask the, you know, call Terry, shoot, you know, like it's, I think sometimes you'd be surprised what, you know, he'd be like, I don't have a problem with that or I don't see why that's an issue. Uh, so it's always good to ask, you know, for example, like with the, the Kesha show that I w had my lodge and shop on recently, even though the show is a total flop and it, it was worth the risk to get eyes on Odd Fellowship. So, um, you know, and I didn't go rogue and make this decision completely on my own. I worked with the communications committee to make sure that what we were able to show was okay or what, you know, would be a little too far because being able to toe up to that line and maybe cross it a hair is 
is okay because we kind of need to push the boundaries a little bit to get the attention and the eyes that we need. Because if we're just given the same old information, it's not going to be interesting or engaging in any way. And if there's going to be something that is a new take on odd fellowship, and if, uh, for example, a, a, a buffs in the buff type calendar would be the thing, then, you know, if there's like a special Rebecca section or something like that, you know, it's, with you know like think of me with the garden club ladies with their wellies on and the flowers and stuff you know it's it's fun it's funny and it's you know a lot of people when they see these things are like oh like this is celebrating older people's bodies and that acceptance and then you know you could get like a lot of positive media attention for that in a way that they might not even expect to happen and of course there's going to be people who are going to laugh at it or make fun of it and be like ew gross nobody wants to see this but really it's it's about the conversation that's being had and they're, if they're talking about odd fellows, as long as they're talking about it, then they're going to remember the name and they're not going to forget it. And next time they are driving around and they see an odd fellow sign, they're going to be like, Oh, that's that organization that made that wacky calendar that went viral a few years ago. I think it would also help if you, you know, don't just go for the, the kitsch and, and throw mm-hmm. it out there and wacky, you know, every, if you did this, I mean, we're getting way too serious in actually doing this, I think. But if, <laughs> if you did this, I would think it, you'd want to make sure It's our that, prop for the, yeah. Right. But I mean, I would think you'd want to make sure every month, in addition to a picture, you had some little blurb about maybe, yeah. maybe how that member had, had their life impacted by Odd Fellowship or some benefit that they enjoy from Odd Fellowship. So mm-hmm. that, you know, in addition to the humor, there's education and there's reason to say, you know, I'm willing to make this silly picture of me public because this organization means this much to me and this is why it's important. I think then you, you, it isn't just a, a funny promotional get our name out thing. It actually is something that says this is why we're willing to embarrass ourselves publicly is because there's this is what it means to me. And you'd get those little stories in every single month. And you might even get two. I know in calendars, they'll do a main big one. Mm. And then they'll do like a little inset one down in the corner where maybe they have something else added on. Um, where maybe you see the person in their regular life in a smaller print with their job or their house or their, you know, whatever. So that way you get an idea of, you know, who they really are aside from this, this funny poge, you know, stage thing. I know it uh, in our lodge in Charleston, we have a camp and, you know, taking a picture out there in the woods or down at the river or something like that. You'd be able to talk about that member benefit that we have that's such a wonderful thing for our members that we have this 126 acre camp that you can come and you can fish and, and swim and hike and hunt and whatever else you want to do. But it's hard to get people to know that you exist, to even tell them what benefits we offer and what things we have mm. unless you grab their attention. And I think as crazy as it is, I like crazy ideas, obviously. Mm. One thing that I would say about that is it's hard to know exactly how Sovereign Grand Lodge would react to this calendar idea, but they have been very, very, very cautious with any of the symbols relating to death, skeletons, uh, anything sort of funebral. Um, that is a theme that has come up time and time again. Uh, and one of the things that I personally would like to see Sovereign Grand Lodge be a little bit more open to is just admitting, yeah, you know, 
some lodges do have actual skeletons in them and some lodges have paper mache skeletons and some lodges have no skeletons at all because they watch videos of the degrees and to to just acknowledge that because sometimes i think it's more hurtful for sovereign to be so taciturn and reticent to talk about uh any of the spookier parts of odd fellowship because to us it's not at all spooky it's about understanding that life is short and so we should be good to each other and i think that's a very valid reason for saying yes some lodges have skeletons literally in the closet that is okay but i know sovereign has always been really reluctant to acknowledge that and to talk about it openly so i don't know how they would react to uh, uh a semi-unclothed calendar of odd fellows and or rebecca's see i have this i don't want to say i have a vision in my mind but you know we're, we're painting mental pictures here but kind of a um you know a kind of crossover so you got the you got a lot of skin but maybe everybody's at a soup kitchen uh, mm. or like there's a few that we won't touch. Yeah. E O T O. Anybody know that one? No. Educate the orphan. Oh, uh, <laughs> but we would, you know, there's things that we, we, we you know, yeah, we could do. Anyways, yeah. you can have a stack of cans representing the amount of money you raised oh, for yeah. donations for we, the year, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then we've donated the equivalent of whatever many pounds yeah. of food. And then there's a nice stack of tens. There's little Billy's head popping over the top of the can. Maybe just, <laughs> maybe just a cheeky shoulder or a bicep, whatever. Ooh. Yeah, ankle. But, like that's a, that's <laughs> oh, a good thing. Like that's another good thing about it, just throwing ideas out there. Is they um. So in Victoria, there's a shopping mall that has uh, they have this thing called construction where they build uh, artistic and kind of they take cans of, uh, uh, you know, cans of food and they'll build like these wild structures and art pieces with it. And they display them all down the center of aisle of the, uh, the, the mall. And then the odd fellows go in and clean them up. We we pack everything up and ship it off to the food bank. Um, but like even just that, like that's a great calendar, you know, like the stuff you do, you know, yeah, pictures yeah. of you at yep. the the this and and get good quality pictures, not somebody's iPhone snapping a three lovely people at a eight by eight foot long table with a white uh, banner on it. Like go and do some stuff <laughs> that is that's quality that looks good yeah know? i mean if you're going to invest in the idea then invest in the photographer to make oh yeah yeah, yeah. you, yeah. you gotta again, have a good photographer for you gotta sure good, you gotta have some good shots um but yeah um, uh anyways so now can i can i take hold of the transition because i would yeah. like to ask about some of the topics you've just talked about uh toby uh how 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 do you guys feel about the openness of secrets about because you kind of touched on a few we've had mm -hmm. we've already touched on a few of our degree work here how do you guys feel about that on like facebook or or just generally talking about it on the podcast my feeling and i when we first started the podcast a couple of years ago um it was we don't want to share any of the secrets you know anything that's not specifically meant to be kept secret let's share it let's talk about it because if you've ever had 
an open meeting. You get somebody from uh, the city, like um, when lodges give out awards and maybe the mayor of the city comes, they have an open meeting. Well, in an open meeting, you don't use signs, you don't use passwords, uh, you don't use the gavel. Uh, so if you vote on something, you don't vote with the voting sign of the order. Um, and everything, those few things that we keep secret to ourselves, we keep secret. I think anything other than that um, is okay to talk about openly. I think it's fine to talk about um, how we have the Lord's Prayer as a tradition in opening our lodges. I think it's time to talk about, or fine to talk about, how we recite the duties of officers and how there are certain expectations uh, that you have when you come into a lodge meeting. And one thing that I think is not just fine to talk about, but important to talk about is there's always this tension surrounding religion and what we include, what we don't include, things like that. I think it's beneficial to be really open and upfront about talking about that aspect because within Odd Fellowship, there can be a huge amount of tension from people on one end who insist uh, this has to be a, a strictly very Christian organization and the people on the other end who say, you know, there really shouldn't be anything of a religious nature in Odd Fellowship. I think that's a really important debate and discussion to have. And that's the kind of thing that I don't think benefits from being kept secret. So I, I'm very much in favor of keeping only a small amount of actually very secret things very secret. Interesting. What? Okay. Oh, sorry. I, I was thinking, well, it's, but um, to maybe offer a different perspective is thinking about the initiation and the various degree ceremonies and wanting to feel special that I think there's a certain, um, there's value to keeping things um, behind closed doors Um maybe even a bit more than the um symbols and all that but um the other thing i was going to say what was it oh yeah like my my work communication hat says don't sort of allude or don't crack a a secret that you're not willing to follow up on if we're challenged on so um well someone says oh well you talk about this well, what does that mean or at least be prepared to have an answer for it because if we let a little bit in and then it people make up their own perspectives on what it is or oh then clearly you must you know your cult whatever yeah. uh <laughs> which is pretty easy to counter that's i mean that one's yeah. not a big deal but um i didn't None realize of us that... are charismatic enough to be cult leaders <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself um <laughs> anyways yeah just just being judicious in secrets because i think one it keeps value for members when they get to learn it when they get to that point and then two if you just say a little bit then what assumptions are people going to make up so that's all the counterbalance to some of that yeah i've i've found one thing to be really useful when people ask about the degrees what i tell them is this i say there's an initiatory degree and then three degrees after that the initiatory degree is your introduction to odd fellowship it gives you the functional information so you can participate in the lodge the three degrees after that teach you the philosophy of why we have all that stuff in the initiatory degree. 
I find that explanation satisfies almost everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is the odd person who's like, but you're a cult and you have secrets and you have all this stuff. It's like, yeah, if you really want to know the truth, give me 50 bucks, fill out this application and uh, I will take it back to the lodge. And then you can actually go through and experience it. And that's the point at which they say, I don't need to experience it to know what's right. Uh, Yeah, you do. You actually need to have firsthand experience to know this. And if you're not serious about getting the firsthand experience, then I pretty much know that you are interested in just being oppositional as opposed to being informed. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So let's have Mason talk. I want to hear. Well, I mean, it's it's a it's a tough one there um, because. There's a there's a balance between acknowledging that there's 200 years of everything being leaked already. Yeah, you can find everything on the Internet already. So anybody who thinks we're letting a cat out of the bag has not seen the bag recently. The cat's not been in there for a while. But at the same time, your average person isn't, you know, Googling up everything about the Oddfellows and digging through old books of symbols and and rituals where some of the stuff in there isn't even true because things have changed, mm-hmm. but they're not doing that. You have to, so you have to balance it with making sure that when people come in, they're not just saying, yeah, I already knew about that. Oh, I already knew that was going to happen. Like you still have to give them that initiatory experience. You still have to give them something with the degrees that is more than what they would have read somewhere. And so it's a balance. I like personally teasing a little bit of information about what's going to come up. I like that. I use it mainly not so much for the lodge, but for like the encampment branch. Yeah. And I'll say, well, you know that in, in, in your regular lodge degrees, you're learning the basics of odd fellowship where encampment, the degrees apply them with other lessons to try to show how do you make this work in situations where you may not be fully comfortable. And that's not, precisely what happens in the degrees but if you extrapolate what their purpose is that is what they're about and it helps people sort of understand like applying friendship love and truth results in faith hope and charity and then the same thing with you know the going to the pm branch you know you can say it's all just marching around and playing soldier and waving swords around and that's all fun but there is a bigger message in there about you know defending what's important in your society depending your your neighbors and your uh community and it's not just uh defending the status quo of morality or something it's you know the people that are in need the people that have uh that are oppressed those are the people you're supposed to focus on so it keeps that progression going throughout fellowship if you don't tease a little bit about what's in these degrees and why you might want to pursue them It just seems like, you know, it's going to be like something else. I mean, the Masons have the mystique thing down perfectly. And there's not a secret you can't find about the Masons, but they still manage to keep that mystique going. And I don't want to lose that as Oddfellows. But, you know, part of that mystique is that people have to see things that they don't understand. They have to see a symbol and not know what it means. You can't just hide all the symbols and say, well, we're not going to display any symbols until you get in the lodge. Like the, the reason why we put things in stained glass windows that people yes. can see from the street, mm-hmm. you, where you would see people as characters in the different degrees were visible from the street for the general public in the old lodge halls. There's right. a reason for that. And that's to 
pique their interest and make them wonder, wonder what's going on with that. I mean, if you've ever gone and toured the uh, George Washington Masonic Monument uh, in Alexandria, Virginia, they take you on a tour and they point things out and say, look at that right there. You want to know what it means? I'm not going to tell you. You'll have to join and move your way up until you get to chapter to find out. <laughs> it's little things like that that people go, well, maybe, maybe I want to find out some more. Um, and I think we've sort of dropped the ball on that a little bit. We've become too insular. We The most we might have is some three links on a door, on a sign. And, you know, you know I like the three links. I think they're a great symbol. But uh, they don't draw you in very much. Um, they don't really call out the way the old stained glass windows did or things like that. You should see the face of an initiate when we hand out antihistamines before uh, they get come into the room. <laughs> you do might you need to do that. Yeah, you might need this. <laughs> Things are going to happen. <laughs> oh, I like that. Farm so, animal dander. Uh, do, Don't worry about it. We, we do have a phrase um, that kind of encapsulates this whole conversation, which is the history and the mystery. And um, the way it was explained to me was we're allowed to give away the history, but you have to join to learn the mystery. Ooh. And where that line in the sand between history and mystery is, is uh, obviously up to debate, but um you know, not to bring up the, the Kesha show again, but while we were discussing, you know, like how far do we go with this? Cause obviously the one thing they really were on the hook for was they wanted to use the skeleton in it. And we previously used the skeleton on the other show that uh, uh, previously the ghost brothers show. So that was already cleared by sovereign once. And so we're like, okay, we got to clear it again. And, but this time we're going to go a little bit more in depth with it. And this is when, you know, articles coming out, you know, once again, of we're finding skeletons in garages and what are this, what's that? And that was the opportunity to clear up the, um, the, I don't want to say conspiracies or because it's not quite that deep, but any sort of misinformation or sort of what about what are you doing are you grave robbers sort of the, oh, the vibe the vibe that you know it can that people can take this one thing and run with it and go somewhere completely so far from reality that if we give away just like like a taste test almost that doesn't really show anything other than like a, just a little spoonful of the flavor without any substance was about where we kind of landed at. And so try to kind of, it was a, it was a fantasy pastiche of verbiage that gave away just enough to be like, look, this is a memento Mori facing death. Boom. Right. And it really hammered that point home and it didn't get into, you know, like if you look at any of the old books, you know, the Grosch is, going to be the one I'm going to just channel here. If you have a copy of any of the gross improved odd fellow manuals or whichever version of the title you have, it really goes into pretty heavy detail of everything. And it says right in the book, this is for members and non-members alike. And they, they explain every symbol. They explain the lessons of the degrees. 
it goes very clear detail of what the teachings of the organization are. And these books were, you know, printed probably by the, by the millions ish, I don't know, tens of thousands back in the day. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, these, these, like, like uh, Mike said earlier, like the, the cat, the cat left the bag probably like about two days after, (laughs) after uh, uh, probably, uh, April 28th, 1819, yeah. <laughs> the, the cat had left the bag. <laughs> so um, we, we, we just got to maintain the mystery is where we're at with it is we can educate people on the front end because it really isn't secret, but we don't want to don't, don't spoil the mystery and just be like, but there's more, but there's more. And then like, you know, cause you got to build up that it's fun. And that's part of the fun of it is that there is a, mystery that you're gonna you're gonna find out what the big secret is there's secrets and you're gonna learn this stuff and you know it's it's part of the fun and i think is if we message it as a positive thing and 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 not something that is you know i hate whenever um on facebook where somebody posts something and then a member from a jurisdiction that is you know i don't want i don't want to call out europe but a European jurisdiction um, will obviously they're very different with how they run things in Europe with odd fellows. And they're a lot more formal. And so a lot of times you'll see if you post a symbol, they'll be like, don't reveal the symbols. You're revealing the symbols. Like, it's like, but they're not secret, but apparently in Europe, they're a secret or just revealing them the primer. Ainsley. Right. Right. (laughs) Or um, I've had, I've had members in Illinois chastise me for posting the valediction because they felt that the valediction was a sacred secret. So there's a lot of, um, not everybody's on the same page as to what is showing too much. Some people don't want you showing anything clearly, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I, I personally, I don't think, you know, revealing symbols or the valediction is any sort of violation of, anything so so yeah. not as far as i can tell i mean um, i i mean i've read through the code and i've searched this out and i've searched yeah. out the uh the other things and you know in the ritual which is you know trumps the code if you look through and you read all the little stuff fine print every last little bit of fine print i've read it all couldn't find anything in there saying you know none of this can be out so i looked mm-hmm. in the code to see well is there something in there that says you can't put it out. And that's why the unwritten work is the unwritten work, because yeah. it's different from the rest of it. But I like what Ainsley said. You got to keep the mystery. But people need to want to come get the degrees. But you need to make sure that those degrees are an experience. Because it really isn't what the degrees are or what the symbols are, because by that you could read it in a book. Experiencing it and getting that well, I mean, there's no other word for experience. I mean, it, it's it's a thing that happens that you never forget when you come in and it's done properly. And I think that's, you know, more important than if somebody made a mistake in a degree and said maybe the wrong thing or they, they tripped over the, the tassel of the rope that didn't stay tied or whatever it is, is less important than whether what you did got the message across and made a lasting impact and they're not going to forget the things that they learned that night 
you know, that's that's what really matters. Yeah. I was going to sort of take a middle of the road approach and, and go on. I agree with Mike. And, and I think the you know, showing something, showing a symbol and not explaining what the symbol means. Totally fine. You know, you you, you got to you got to get inside the the hall to understand or learn and take put in your time to learn what the, the symbol means. But the kind of the side angle on the valediction that I would say is depending on where you are going or where you are putting it, you have to understand your audience. And if your audience is strictly casual or not strictly, but there's a huge portion that is strictly casual, um, then maybe the valediction like on the front of the building maybe isn't quite right where you would do it in an open meeting, even though there's not members there, you would say, okay, well, these people are odd fellow curious. Um, and so uh, we don't have a flag for that, uh, but we'll get a flag Easily for that. I we'll love get that a, term. That is get funny. an odd fellow <laughs> curious flag. Um, and, uh, but that's, you know, then you can sort of say, okay, well, this is like, you want to know what we believe in? This is it. Like, this is what we say every meeting. Like it is read out, and um, and when you have a big group, it's powerful. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say slapping it on the front door when people walk by or they're waiting for the bus. Mm, maybe I'll take the I'll take the say no on that one. Um, the posting a picture of a degree robe, somebody dressed up in a degree robe. Um, it's not really that big of a deal. You can sort of find it now, I guess, in the time with it, there was no internet. Um, and, you know, there weren't uh, the catalogs laying around uh, the degree uh, war companies like Demoulin and, and places mm -hmm. like that. You know, that's I, I think that's just easy access now and we can kind of forgive it. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I don't quite get the chills when I see it. But I do sort of say, oh, this one's going to cause this one's going to cause some grief. You know, somebody just a little too interactive on in the right clothes, doing the right thing and just taking a snapshot of it. I mean, we went and uh, we did a promo video for Modern Goat Rider and we walked down a, a spooky alleyway in our uh, spooky scene supporter get up from what literally was from the 1890s smelled like it was from the 1890s. And we, uh, you know, we wore them and it was all relatively private. I mean, I, it's kind of on YouTube. It's got like no visits, but, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I guess we intended it to be public, but we didn't tell anybody what it meant. Well, like there was a meme, um, that was out that had, uh, the two robbers from Home Alone saying, uh, I heard you were doing a second degree. And that's more of an inside joke for members of the of the Oddfellows. Um, what do you think about that? I would have no problem with it yeah. because the general public is not going to get the reference. Only Oddfellows are going to get the reference and only those who actually paid attention and remember their second degree. <laughs> and it wasn't like the... Um signs or symbols or anything of the second degree was revealed no unwritten work was revealed it's just a 
inside joke about the second degree that it doesn't take, you know, if anybody's, you know, like, oh, like they, just a quick Google will reveal. And then they could probably put, you know, two and two together to, you know, to make four and figure out what, what the meme was about because it's not like the hardest meme to disambiguate. Is that the word? Um, but yeah, I, I, I think inside jokes and stuff are part of what make it being fun as a member to have the wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of aspect, you know, the whole riding the goat and all of that, you know, it's, it's fun because the place of that it holds is, you know, the, the secrecy was more secret and we try to pretend like we have that level of secrecy that we once did, even though we, we know that it's completely, you know, the, the cat has left the bag and is down the block, but, um, and the bag got blown away in the wind, (laughs) (laughs) but we can still pretend that, you know, it's Schrodinger's cat in the bag that it's still there and we still guard it tightly. And that's just part of the fun. Well, the other thing about that is if you really think about it, the first and second degrees are stories out of the Bible. Exactly. So you don't even have to do any kind of, heavy duty research to figure it out, you know, because we are, as it says, um, I think it's in the encampment rituals that, you know, our lessons are drawn from the most sacred Holy writ. Um, yeah, we were using lessons that the average, um, lesser educated 19th century blue collar worker would have been familiar with because all of them were regular church attendees. And so they would have grown up going to Sunday school. They would know all of the stories out of the old Testament. And that's one of the ways in which I think um, it's, it becomes a little problematic with the faction that says, Oh, we need to eliminate religion from odd fellowship. Okay. You can eliminate religion, but, so much of our philosophy, our imagery, and our narrative is drawn exactly from the Old Testament tradition. And that's that's a tradition that is common to pretty much all the monotheistic religions of the West. So it's, it's kind of like, yeah, you can try and de-religify Odd Fellowship, but you're taking out most of the culture with that, too. Because our degrees and so much of the, it's like passwords and so many things are drawn from that rich kind of shared cultural history that religion provides. Not that it's specifically religious because we're not holding a worship service. I mean, the worst thing that happens is when well-meaning elderly people give a benediction and end with, in Jesus name, we pray. And, you know, even though I'm Lutheran, I... I take uh, a little bit of uh, umbrage at that because I don't want Odd Fellowship to suddenly turn into a religious experience. We respect religion. We don't necessarily incorporate it. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We just had a doozy. We had a doozy from uh, Chaplain Bramble last. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this I'll just I'll segue on this one because I thought it was it was a pretty valuable thing. So uh, in our show with him, he talks about uh, that, you know, uh, for those 
uh, three links odd, uh, three links oddcasts who haven't heard the episode don't know Brother Bramble. He's a very interesting uh, man who walks the earth kind of uh, character, and um, he uh, he understands that you know we are all made of the same matter, whether we are good people, bad people, rich people, poor people, we are made of the same matter. And, and he refers to that as stardust. So he did this very interesting uh, homily for uh, our lodge a couple of week, couple of meetings ago, where he explained that if we are all stardust, then we are also made of the same stardust of a dictator or a saint or a, uh, a, a terrorist or a person who is, you know, uh, working in their community, building their community one uh, one weekend or one day at a time in a soup kitchen. Like these are all the same thing. We have to understand that we are all part of the same sort of mystery and, and these same components. And so when you have a uh, when you have that happening at your lodge meeting, there's no this is a Christian organization. Like there's nothing going on about that. Like, and then we throw a degree on and we go, we have to kind of take all the, the GOD stuff out of the, out of the uh, uh, degrees. So that's what we do is we, we, we use different terminology for these things that might turn people kind of in the South instead of heading North with us. But yeah, sorry, that was a segue. I just wanted to kind of brag a bit about, uh, Brother Bramble, because he's an interesting cat. He is, and he's very insightful. And I loved that episode that you did with him where he was able to really cut loose and give some of his perspective. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he cuts loose. Love him. <laughs> Love him for that. What's next, Toby? Well, what we what's next? We're going to take a quick break, listen to this word from our sponsor, and then we're going to come back with... Uh, the shout out. There's another new lodge. Yes, another new lodge keeps happening. And then our final discussion topic and the odd podge. So we'll be back with the Three Links Oddcast right after this. Yes, can I help you? Hello. Good afternoon, ma'am. I'm terribly sorry to have bothered you. My name is Kenneth Friendship. I'm pounding the pavement in your neighborhood asking people, just like yourself, about their household bath products. Would you mind sparing just a few minutes of your time to answer some mildly intrusive questions? It'll be real quick, I swear. Oh, I suppose. I was just about to start a marathon of Are You Being Served? But I guess anything for the greater good. Great. If you don't mind, I'll just jump right in. You do use cleaning products, don't you? Detergents, cleansers, soaps, balms, salves, things of that nature? Of course. Why, doesn't everyone? Nifty. Can you tell me about your hand soaps? Or are you part of the population that just has a piece of wet sandpaper next to the sink? Sandpaper? You know what? That's a common response. I'll also bet your hands have the texture of a painter's elbow. Yes. Let me make a suggestion. 
You know, a lot of your neighbors are using products by a company called Pig in a Pug. They're a company based in Missoula, Montana. You know, where they do all that fishing and that. I've never heard of it. That's fine. You can hop on the internet and look up Pig in a Pug on Etsy.com. You can get the goods there too. Do you like witty product names? Who doesn't? You'll love their fall soap line this year. Bone Suds and Harmony, Better Call Fall, The Washing Dead, <laughs> not even a whiff of a cease and desist there. The Pumpkin Spice is your next door neighbor's favorite, and between you and me, she's got the hands of a poet. That stuff must cost a fortune. <clears throat> you know, in life, you do get what you pay for. But if you use the code THANKYOU24 at checkout on Etsy, they will know that I sent you and they're going to knock off 24%. I heard she's got a weird thing about even numbers. I'll make sure to place two orders then. You won't regret it. Have a nice day. What a strange man. Oh well, Captain Peacock is calling me. All right, and we are back after the break with our sponsor, Pig and a Pug Bath Stuff. And I am here with our large shout out. So, yeah, don't believe the hype that everybody's saying Odd Fellowship is dying and all the lodges are closing because here we are once again with the Grand Lodge of New York bringing us a new lodge. Yippee! So, this one is Leather Stocking number nine four five great name. so i don't know exactly what town it is i saw the post off of the lafayette lodge number 18 page so uh welcome to the order leather stocking 945 and hopefully we'll get a little bit of information uh from the new grandmaster of new york on the membership and some little details about it but all we know right now is that there is a new lodge in New York State, and that's the second new lodge in a year window-ish. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. I close it. Here we go. Yes. They're going to be rivaling Illinois for chartering new lodges here pretty soon. I know. <laughs> and if there's anybody out there listening in the jurisdiction of New York and you have information about the new lodge or how to get in touch with them, be sure and send us an email. It's the number three, linksodcast gmail.com. We always like hearing from our listeners. We just got a nice email from Reed Sutton in California a couple days ago telling us about the uh, membership training in Visalia, California, coming up in January. So if you're out there in New York and you know anything about this wonderful new lodge, Leather Stockings 945, please direct them our way because we want to find out about it. And uh, who knows, maybe get them on here for an interview. I want to know about the name and how they uh, chose it. Yeah, I'm very interested in that. I think that's an incredibly creative and engaging name. If mm -hmm. you tell somebody, I belong to Leather Stocking Lodge, um, they're probably going to want to ask questions. Yes. So we're here. We're doing another fantastic crossover episode with uh, the Modern Goat Rider. And uh, Billy, what is our next item to talk about? Before Tara left, she unfortunately had to depart because she has uh, a thriving social life, unlike me. 
And uh, she wanted the rest to, of us. She wanted to point out <laughs> that the primer would be always a good topic to, but we've uh, she she's continuing to use the primer. She loves the primer. Thank awesome. you, Ainsley and Yay. Michael uh, Greenzeiger for the primer. Uh, the podcasting influence. Is that yeah. the one we Ooh. want to talk about? There we go. Yeah, this is one that uh, we keep kind of bumping into. Now, uh, I don't want to say that Ansley and I were treated like celebrities when we went to the Grand Sessions in California in May, but many people there had heard both our podcast and Modern Goat Rider, and they're like, we so much appreciate that there is someone who's talking about Odd Fellowship, because for a lot of people... And this is something I've seen in email feedback that we get. They feel isolated. You know, they may be the one younger person who joined a lodge, which is seven elderly people. They don't connect really well with those members. They don't feel like they really have a place. And so we sort of connect them to the wider world of Odd Fellowship. They feel a kind of connection with all of us who are doing these podcasts that they're not getting in their local lodge. And I think that is something, you know, of anything that we can change to adapt to the modern world in Odd Fellowship, I think having that component of using new and decentralized media to connect members together is probably one of the best. I think it's funny that you mentioned it being like new. I was sitting here thinking, you know, as all the different jurisdictions have seen their newsletters and newspapers start to fade away because they're a real pain to put together and the information is usually stale by the time you get it. And they're not a bad thing, but they're not the most effective thing in the modern times, especially when people send stuff out on social media about events and things. You find it that way. And yet here we are in a podcast that in many ways is like stepping back into the radio shows that you used to listen to, you know, a couple of generations ago. And I think everything old is new again, and Odd Fellowship fits in that category as well. There's a lot of exciting things to talk about, and on-demand uh, radio listening is something that the younger generation, even younger than me, because um, I'm not young anymore, uh, they, they're they really into that. Young. I'm also young, but but I mean, they're really into that. And it's nice to provide something because they can go back and and listen to previous episodes of of any of the podcasts. And we're seeing a lot of that, that that, uh, back catalog is getting a lot of hits. Yeah. Have you, Billy, I know you're a a baseball guy, so you must love statistics. Um, And I am also a baseball guy and also love statistics. So every couple of days I look at our download numbers And in the middle of October, when Ainsley was at the Illinois Sessions, Mike was at West Virginia, and I was at Idaho, we had some days where there would be 50 to 70 downloads of the podcast, even though there wasn't a new episode out, and all but five of them would be back catalogs. So there would be people going back and downloading a whole bunch of old episodes. Now, have you noticed that with Modern Goat Rider? We do not have the following that uh, Three Links does. We are uh, we are we're not like a little brother, uh, uh, nor are we the redheaded stepchild. But what we mm-hmm. 
saw is we did see this the back catalog take uh you know take some downloads this summer um which is fun and that's the most exciting thing kind of me about it is you like today somebody downloaded episode one and you're like hello you have a long way to go good yeah. luck with your next weekend of just <laughs> podcast but yeah uh it's it's hit and miss we 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 do see the bumps and uh so if people are, are out and about and they're just kind of chatting about like you guys would do at um at a grand lodge or something like that but when we ran we went to mike we we ran uh, all three podcasts uh including uh brother joseph's in the grand lodge of bc's jurisdictional newsletter um i mean i wouldn't say that we had a big bump in prince george but hey we got a prince george hey um and (laughs) then veronica must have downloaded it yeah and then (laughs) you know like we suddenly started getting hits in italy after i left some strategically placed stickers in uh venice Mm-hmm. And so it, it's influential, not influential. It's just you kind of get hits, and that's the stats that we're seeing. Is um, we 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 get hits every once in a while. Yeah, I don't Whenever think we'd I do don't... it if we didn't think we were influencing people. I mean, that's the whole point: is to connect people around the country and around the world with things that are going on at Odd Fellowship. I mean, one of the best things that I've seen, which is why I wanted to get involved with this podcast is that people from other places had listened and then they had contacted and wanted to be a part and talk about something happening in their area. And you see that that means it is building and it is influencing because as Toby said, and Ainsley also that, you know, there are people um, that feel like they're in a bit of a desert when it comes to knowing what else is going on. If you belong to a lodge that there's no other lodge nearby, you don't really get much more of an idea of odd fellowship than just your local meeting. And that can feel a little isolating hearing what other people are doing and seeing ideas. And you find out the name and number of lodges and you go look them up mm-hmm. and you see what their Facebook has or whatever else. And you start getting other ideas. And I think it does have an influence. I'm not saying it's redirecting the course of the order. I think that would be too much. I think we're just a, a rock in the stream that's you know fun to ride your raft over maybe but um it's still <laughs> something <laughs> that's brilliant. that is well, brilliant yeah another thing that i've seen <laughs> is um looking at the emails that we get here number three links oddcast gmail.com info at modern that's right <laughs> info at modern I always talk about modern goat rider when I go to uh, other jurisdictions. You are my greatest influencer. I will send you some free swag. Thank you. (laughs) I get the emails from people who say, Hey, I found your podcast and I joined the odd fellows. That to me is the greatest effect that we have and probably the best story of all. And it's a story that's still in progress is uh matt hartley in colorado he found the podcast he listened to it he said hey i want to join um ainsley and i helped get him in touch with doug Pittman in colorado doug said well there's no more lodge in durango but if you are willing to drive a couple hours over the mountains you can join the lodge in delta colorado and he said i'll do that he got a bunch of people from durango to join the lodge in delta now he 
<clears throat> he's working on rechartering the lodge in Durango, Colorado. So we may actually be responsible for the revival of one lodge. Now, I'm not saying that this is groundbreaking or earth-shaking or anything like that, but it is very validating to know that we're able to do a good enough job sharing about Odd Fellowship that we get people so interested that they go out and they want to try and recharter an old lodge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's, you know, there's stories that we can tell about stuff that on we, the one we had was with, um, we had Gene Dopp on from uh, Grand Lodge of Ontario. And we were talking about one of our members who moved from Victoria to, um, one of the bastion members who moved from Victoria to Toronto and she was having trouble finding a lodge and just going through the struggles of finding a lodge in a big city. Um, shortly after that, we ended up getting a contact uh, email exactly the same from somebody who was basically working in one town where there was a lodge and living in a, another town where there was not a lodge. And he was in, he was in Southwestern Ontario. And so towns are, exactly a day's wagon ride away yeah. from each other. And you guys know this across the U S so, yeah. um, so he, I think he ended up getting a hold of Gene and they, they kind of worked on getting him into a lodge that was in the city he worked in so that he could end his day once every two weeks and, and stick around for a dinner and then so forth. But yeah, um, I, you know, this is why we do it. It's, it's, uh, I mean, my philosophy on life is that uh, it's very odd fellowy. You know, we have to do good because it's a short time here. Um, and when we're not doing what we're doing, we're basically distracting ourselves from the long slog to uh, rigor mortis. And so <laughs> odd fellows is a great distraction because you can feel the dopamine blast of, uh, you know, doing good. And uh, and doing the podcast has been a dopamine blast for us because we weren't talking about anything other than, you know, this COVID. And that uh, mm -hmm. was kind of the distraction. Oddfellows podcasting was a distraction from that. I think it's also that we have enthusiasm. Oh, I, yeah. I, you know, I can never stress that enough that you have to be enthusiastic about Oddfellowship and, and, you know, broadcast that when you talk to people. You know, when you meet somebody on the street, you're talking to a friend about inviting him to something. Or in this case, with podcasts, you know, people hear that we are passionately excited about this. Even when we say there's a problem that needs to be dealt with or there's this other issue, it doesn't at all ever diminish how much we love the order. And, you know, that sort of passion and, and love for it, I think, comes across. People go, no one, no one could be that passionately in love with something if it didn't have something to it. Yeah. I think with the podcast also that we have a platform that we are able to talk about some of these difficult issues that do plague our order that are very complex and they aren't simple that like, say if it was just a me or one of y'all writing a post for the heart and hand blog or, you know, you're only going to get that one person's take on it, but on a podcast where we're kind of spitballing back and back and forth amongst each other and it's all very raw raw and on the on, on you know off the cuff on the fly and not 
pre-planned or I mean, we'll pre-plan a little bit, but we're not scripted in any sort of way. So like we are giving an honest, unfiltered take of what our opinion is and what our expertise is or stories or any sort of thing we have to offer to help kind of break down the complexities that this organization is and how we, there are a lot of battles we have to face and we know we can't win all of them in our lifetimes and in the lifetimes of anybody, honestly, but if we could at least kind of chip away at them a little bit and make them seem a little bit less daunting to, you know, Oh, you know, maybe if I, did volunteer for a committee or maybe if I did kind of ask to, you know, run for a chair or something, if, if we give somebody a little bit more competency and bravery to do that, to, to get more involved or to be more engaged, then it's a win. And as long as people are listening and sharing feedback, um, that'll keep me motivated to do it. I mean, I, obviously I, I feel like I'm learning a very vital skill. I, I know I'm not the best broadcast person in the world by any means but i feel like i've improved a great bit from the beginning and um i feel like i don't botch the beginnings like i used to right you know i feel like that was like almost mandatory for the first season that if i was doing an opening i was going to blunder it and i definitely am like i said i I'll, I'll get off into the weeds plenty but at least i feel like it's a place for me to get off into the weeds and talk about odd fellowship in a way that maybe other situations don't give me if I am say, if I'm talking to people in the lodge about something and if it's something that's like either they're not interested in it and their eyes just kind of glazed over or, you know, it's like, Oh, there goes Ainsley again. And this gives me a place to kind of let that out in a very um, hopefully a functional way that is not just talking into the wind. Every time someone downloads our very first episode, I have this impulse to want to re-record the whole thing. <laughs> or phone them directly and say, please excuse the audio. Yeah, We'll have to do like a special edition George Lucas take on it. And it's like all digitally altered. <laughs> because We'll swap that, out all the voices. That very first episode... Um, Sergio didn't have a microphone yet and he was using his computer mic and he's under the flight path for LAX because he hadn't moved away from the airport yet. And so his Wi-Fi kept getting knocked offline. It's it, it's amazing. I didn't have the microphone yet either. <laughs> yeah, it was such a, a tin cannon string type operation. And now everything, it sounds so good. I've got everything edited and, I, you know, just a light amount of compression for when you get really excited, Ainsley. Um, <laughs> and it's it sounds so much better now. But uh, I have to say, it is such a, a fun indulgence for me to do the audio production part of this. Because usually my audio production skills are used on the bandstand playing gigs. And it's fun to be able to actually use these skills that I have for Odd Fellowship. I mean, my artwork is never going to be on a sweatshirt hanging in the Grand Lodge of Washington office uh, like yours is. You know, this <laughs> is the way that I can contribute my artistry to Odd Fellowship. And I appreciate being able to do that. Well, I know we appreciate you putting your polish on it because otherwise it would just be a straight feed and it would be horrible sounding, I'm sure. 
but I hope it also encourages other people to be like, oh yeah, you know what? Like I've got a skill that I could lend to odd fellowship in my own unique way. And it doesn't, it, it could be whatever it is, you know, and you don't, um, I mean, obviously we do discuss a lot with how much do you give before it's too much? And when should we be paying somebody to do certain things um, and not just have it completely like, let's just use odd fellowship to poach free labor out of our members. But our members do have a wealth of skills and abilities and talents that they use on their everyday lives that they might not even consider. They it just might have not have dawned on them. I was like, Oh, like I know how to do this thing. This could help the lodge. And it could be like a physical skills to do maintenance, to replace the bad light on the, you know, out front to, you know, where the lodge door is that hasn't worked in 30 years. And now it works again. And it, lights up on lodge night things like that that make mm. you know the billy had that one percent uh thing that uh, you were going to talk about right i totally forgot what the the incremental change yeah yeah we i don't think stuff. we have time yeah. to get to it but it's something that's a it's a, it's certainly a visitable topic because i think there's there's a feeling that we have to make very big changes um but if we're patient and maybe this goes back to kind of the first part of the show where Michael was talking about, you know, turnover being really high and problematic of turnover is that you have a, um, it's called the theory of inc incremental change. And it's that 1% change in every single area will add up and make a big difference. So 1% improvement in your degree work, 1% improvement in the speed and efficiency of your meetings and 1% and you just kind of keep doing that, that it could impact more greatly than you think. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, so I hear you. That, that's the theory and it's probably a one for a future show. I, like I would like idea. to speak to it though, because I mean, you bring it up and it's one of my favorite topics. Uh, you know, when I got to Canal Lodge number 25, they didn't sing. And I was sing. used to being in a lodge that sings. You got to sing and that. So I pushed to sing and people were like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. Gotta sing. Whenever you're done being Noble Graham, we're going to stop singing. And you know what? They didn't stop singing. And they've been singing for so long mm -hmm. that this year at the Grand Lodge session, uh, we were our lodge was called up to the front of the Grand Lodge to lead the opening and closing odes mm. of Grand Lodge. Because we went from a lodge that didn't do it to being one of the lodges that does. And it's an influence. And people came to visit us from other lodges. And they're like, wow, you guys sing? Like, I wish we still did that. Or that's really cool. And I think it, you know, we've seen that we've influenced other lodges to try to bring some things back that they weren't doing. Because you just have to make a joyful noise. It doesn't have to necessarily be a particularly <laughs> harmonious one. Uh, I'm in the joyful noise category and, yeah, and during I'm not COVID, a good singer and in during COVID when we were on zoom we I had a professional singer record them and we edited them and we played them while everybody was on mute and so you had a a good singer hmm. so we never dropped the the habit so yeah, yeah it's one of those things that's just tough to do um and then you have new people they come in it's a lot for them to learn they've never they seen it before that, yeah yeah but they realize that you know Joining the lodge is not just coming in and sitting on the sidelines and not participating. You know what? There's songs to learn. 
There's mm-hmm. a validation to learn. There's a lot of things where you get involved and and it's not just, well, you got your degree and okay, now go sit over there. There's more to it if the lodge is, you know, doing all the parts. And that sort of incremental thing, you know, inspires them. And then we saw an improvement in the degree work that we were doing because people took more of an interest and we started adding in the songs into the degrees where, you know, there hadn't been any singing before. And so it's, you say incremental change is, it's just doing little things to bring back the beauty of Odd Fellowship and that then makes people want to do other things. And when we get to the um, Odd Podge, I'll probably talk a little bit more about this. Okay. So we got to go to the Odd Podge, but I want to just a quick story on the songs. I was at a social, I think it was like a Oktoberfest or something. And I sat next to a member and it was before I became a member. And I said, okay, okay, okay. So what's the deal with this place? You know, like, what's the deal with you guys? And he goes, you know, we're a bunch of middle-aged men who like to sing songs and do good work. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's what they turned out to be in the first while. And then I became obsessed. I drank way too much Kool-Aid, odd fellow Kool-Aid, and I got yeah. sucked in. Yeah, we all did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I still get excited uh, when I'm going to something like an encampment meeting, because uh, I know that coming up on Monday at our encampment, uh, we're going to have a discussion about the Golden Rule degree. And right now, that is uh, the subject of a lot of discussion in Odd Fellowship. I'm excited for that. I'm looking forward to it. I want to get in there and talk about the degree and what it means and how we can make sure that meaning translates to a modern audience. Because you don't have to translate Shakespeare from that version of modern English to what we call modern English. But you do have to provide the same kind of context that readers 400 years ago or listeners 400 years ago would have had. And so uh, I'm very interested to see what my encampment has to say about how that can happen and what we can do about it and how we can make that change. So, you know, even 22 years in as an odd fellow, I still get excited about going to meetings and seeing everybody and doing the ceremonies. And I love the degree work. And, you know, I will have a little bit to say about that in the odd podge. Let's do the odd podge. All right. Who would like to go first? I have two, so I'm going to go last. Okay, you can go last. Ainsley, how about you go first? Oh, you put me on the spot. Okay, so um, since y'all took my odd podge away from me last last episode that I was not here, I'm going to still bring it up anyway. Um, talk so about they- it anyway. Tell us what the experience was like. <laughs> yes, that's what I was going to talk about. So for those who uh, had either listened to the last episode or did not listen to the last episode, at the uh, Grand Lodge session of Illinois, I was awarded the Meritorious Service Jewel, which was completely taken by surprise for me. So uh, I guess in Illinois, we generally give out pretty much about one a year. It, maybe not every single year, but generally about one a year. And the people that get it are usually... I see pretty much all the PGMs have one in Illinois. Maybe not all of them, but a lot of them do. But not all of them. So it's something that, at least in the culture of my jurisdiction, you do not get this unless you have really put in 
you you put in a lot of time and a lot of years and a lot of work and a lot of a lot of everything and so our grandmaster it was it was at the installation so he was technically already junior past grandmaster so he's giving this little speech i was kind of you know just half listening because i was tired and you know he gets down off the dais and he's still talking and i assume he's going to award it to the individual he's he is standing uh in front of who is sitting on the dais who is our new grandmaster steve pig i thought he was going to award it to steve so I'm just kind of half listening, you know, he's just kind of giving a generic boilerplate speech about this award and, you know, the person who earns it and da, 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 da. And then he kind of turns towards me a little bit. And then I'm like, why are you making awkward eye contact with me? And then I'm like, wait a minute. And then I'm like having this kind of conversation with myself in the head while he's still talking. So at this point, I completely stopped listening to anything Matt Yingling is saying, because I'm having a conversation with myself of, is this, wait a minute. Wait, is he, uh, wait, what? And it was basically the closest thing to having a, like a random person proposed to you <laughs> it was the it was like a weird movie moment it, it was like very surreal and like next thing i know like i'm standing up and he's trying to put this thing around my head and i'm just laughing because i'm like what the hell is happening right now how did i earn this distinction because are you verklempt <laughs> i i was very verklempt and, and, and like mike put it it's like earning the the nobel prize of odd fellowship mm-hmm. and it's it just is uh, for what I've experienced is like very unheard of for somebody of my my rank and station to be to be bestowed such an honor. So I, I'm still like a little like flummoxed. Obviously, I can't put words together for this because it's just you know for for them to unanimously as a body because apparently they had to send me out to go big air quote pick up coffees while they voted on it um so yeah i i I had absolutely no clue that that was going to happen and i was completely floored i wish i paid better attention um because it was just like a moment and then i realized it was happening to me and then it was like what the heck happened to me and yeah so uh i basically feel like they they gave me kind of like the seal of approval of like, we see what you're doing. You're doing a good job. You're making a difference. Now go do more of it. Well, I can tell you that uh, I, I don't know of anyone who has accomplished as much as you have. And as broadly as you have, I have not visited a jurisdiction that doesn't have at least some of your artwork, um, you know, on t-shirts in their sessions program, uh, in their membership documents, you have done an amazing amount of work for revitalizing the visual aspect of Odd Fellowship. And I don't know if you even realize just how wide ranging your impact has been. You have absolutely earned that award. Well, thank you. I feel like I feel like it's like, well, I 
nobody asked me to do any of that stuff. I just did it because I wanted to do it and I was having a good time making it. So it's like, it wasn't like I was on like the worst committee ever and survived it or something. So I feel like I kind of, it's like, and I'm only just now, like I said earlier, like I'm only just now finally been like, yeah, I'll be a district deputy. So I'm just like, but I didn't do any of the real work of the order. I just did all this fun stuff. <laughs> so, so I, I feel like woefully undeserving of this. And I'm not really, you know, like a person who is very, um, you know, I'm, I'm just going to say like, I'm a bit of an overachiever yeah. and yeah. a little bit, yeah, you know, just, and so I've gotten a lot, I've gotten a lot of awards in my life, oh. you know? but it's so From bonus it's of that, the year. Nice work. It, it, I, you know, so it's like, it's like, okay, you know, like usually I'm just like, oh yeah, I want another award, yeah, you know, but this one really hit me because I know how, like, and I, I guess I still don't realize how important it is because it's one of those awards that it's like you only see really important people wearing this jewel, mm. and it's a really cool yeah. jewel, and really important people wear it, and this is a jewel that you get to wear for the rest of your life forever with your, it, it is regalia, and so I knew, I knew, I know it's a. I know it's a BFD and I not trying to sit here and like pat myself on the back here that, but it's just like, yeah, that it really, I am of, of the awards I've received in my life. This one really, it does mean something and it, 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 it is an honor and I've taken up way too much time talking about it. So I, I want to say that Ainsley, you said you only did the fun stuff and I think I just need to correct you. It's all fun stuff. Okay. Okay. I mean, all the rest of it's fun stuff too. Uh, you, you'll find that out as you get involved with, you know, doing district deputy things. You'll find there's a lot of there's a lot more fun stuff. I feel like you're tricking me. I feel like no, you're tricking me I mean, into I've, trying I've to eventually jobs. someday fun. become a, a grant secretary or something. And yeah, you're going to tell me that grant secretary is like the funnest fun that ever fun. And you, you should run. Do it. Do it, do it. Oh no, 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 no. That that's a that's that's a job for later on consideration. <laughs> All right, Mike, how about you go next? I'm gonna just go back and and I try not to do it too often, but I have to say that for the for the Oddpot today, I am just so proud of Canal Lodge number 25 and, and the brothers and sisters in that lodge. You know, we had uh Randy and Kaylee on here a little bit ago that are new members. And I just want to just give you an idea of the kinds of things that we're doing. And, you know, we put together a, a committee um, of veterans in the lodge to, you know, get us into the Veterans Day parade and, and do that. We have another committee of all new members who are taking on, um, they do this uh, Christmas trees, community Christmas trees that you set up at every organization does it all throughout the city. They have these different trees. All new members have taken on the duty of, of designing and coming up with the concept of a tree and doing a tree. We have uh, another committee putting together, um, you know, the float and everything to go into the Christmas parade. We're having a, a can drive pancake breakfast with Santa. You come and you bring a, a, you know, canned food to give out to people in need and you get to have a pancake breakfast for free and you get to meet up with Santa Claus there at the lodge. And then we're following that up with, uh, you know, our, our annual Lodge Christmas dinner where we, you know, all the family and friends and things can come. And this is all just unfolding in this very short amount of time. And I just, I'm so proud of the Lodge that, you know, and that's not even counting the fact that we're going to be going bowling on on uh, Friday coming up next week. 
just to go out and be the the nice. oddballs and and go do the the bowling again and all the other things that we do just to keep things going movie nights and and game nights and all of that it's a it's so exciting to belong to a lodge that everybody wants to pitch in in the parts that they have experience and expertise and keep it fun all the time and i i'm just amazed i mean i go in and and uh you know every time i'm i'm more excited when the meeting's over than i was when i got there at the beginning of the night that's fantastic that is the testament of a great lodge right there well i wish you all could come and visit uh one day i'll make it there eventually so i'll go next with my odd podge uh, November 12th, that's a Saturday, 10 a.m., 601 North Chelan Avenue, will witness the rebirth of Prosperity Lodge number 301 in Wenatchee, Washington. Woohoo! Um, our past Grandmaster, Dave Deloney, our current Grandmaster, Tim Moon, myself, uh, and Brother Dustin Dean, who was a former member of Prosperity 301. We have all been working very hard uh, at the tail end of the pandemic to round up some new people and get them interested in joining and keeping the charter of the lodge. Because during COVID, a lot of people dropped off and were unable to be there. And so we spent the last couple of months pounding social media. I sent out press releases to all the newspapers, radio stations, websites, blogs, everything else in central Washington, and uh, we managed to get enough people together that we're going to do a degree day next Saturday, that's November 12th, uh, at 601 North Chelan Avenue in Wenatchee, Washington. If you are interested and would like to join the Lodge, and you are somehow listening to this podcast in Chelan or Douglas counties, um, get in touch with us. Uh, I will get you an application. You can come down and we can interview you and we can do the degrees that day. Now, here's how this might benefit you, Billy. One of the members who's going to be rejoining, he was a member in Seattle. He moved over to the town of Danville, Washington. And I was talking to him. I said, hey, um, you know, you'd let your membership lapse because you're no longer in Seattle. You're like a six hour drive from Seattle now. Um, would you be willing to help out the lodge in Wenatchee by reinstating and joining that lodge? And he says, yeah, I, I can do that for now. I won't be able to attend meetings, but at least it'll be a name on the books to help out. Uh, and then I said, you know, going forward, this gives you a platform to be able to start a lodge. And he said, you know where I would really love to be able to start a lodge? Just across the border in Grand Forks, British Columbia. Very nice. We could use that. I, I have all their minute books. I have all their minute books. <laughs> yeah, he is a drummer, and he plays drums with the pipe band there in uh, Grand nice. Forks. And, Ooh. of course, any anybody who's traveled the B.C. interior knows that every little town in eastern British Columbia has two things, a hockey rink and a pipe band. And so he, he plays drums with the pipe band and he says, I, I know, you know, if I could get things organized, I could probably get three or four guys from the pipe band and a couple guys from the Canadian Legion. And, you know, we could get a lodge going in Grand Forks, BC. I said, Becky Ald, Grand Secretary of British Columbia, I will put you in touch with her 
and uh, I can put you in touch with some other people, uh, maybe in Kamloops uh, mm-hmm. or Vernon Valley. Those might be Vernon Valley. relatively close. Yeah. Um, we can we can uh, get a lodge going there in Grand Forks. So you never know. This might just have an echo effect and get a new lodge for British Columbia. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And Billy, why don't you close out the show? Okay. Well, I'll be. Uh, I'll try to be quick. Uh, I have two uh, odd podges. I have a good news, bad news. So we'll start with the bad news. So the bad news is that uh, Tara and I have discussed about taking a bit of a break from doing any kind of shows. We have um, we have commitments uh, to our first years as Noble Grand coming up in January and so forth. And uh, we also have a very busy uh, November and December. Uh, the lovely Lodge of Victoria Lodge Number 1 has suddenly become this incredibly social lodge um, from its uh, rather average age uh, in the seventies. A few years ago is uh, brought in a bunch of new members and they are socialites. They're busy. Um, so there's a bunch of things going on at the hall and uh, we're going to participate in those. And so we're probably going to go pretty quiet on the old uh, modern goat rider for uh four months or so before you kind of see us back so that's kind of the sad news but i wanted to punch that out there um and the good news uh the good news is that uh coming up on december 7th uh we we as in victoria lodges will be on bigger than local tv for our first time ever uh we will be on check six news which Ooh. is the a there's two Victoria based television stations and check six is a employee owned first employee owned uh, uh, television station in North America. And they uh, are they've done this show. They dropped their sports during covid and they uh, do this show called or segment called Upside. And the upside is where two dudes very fun uh, do a remote. And they've been doing remotes for two and a half years and they're not stopping. And so they're going to come to the Oddfellows Hall on December 7th, uh, Columbia Lodge night. We're going to be having a social and then a meeting afterwards because they they shoot the show until seven o'clock. And then we'll uh, probably have a dinner and stuff like that and then squeeze in a meeting. But we will be promoting both Oddfellows and the Ton of Love program that we've raised money for over the years. Last year, we raised $30,000. And uh, my God, it was tons and tons of fresh food for the food bank. So instead of giving out cans of food, you got uh, the thirty regist- the 300 registered families get uh, fresh food for Christmas instead of uh, packaged goods. And so uh, we're quite excited about that. I, me somehow got spoke, uh, chosen as the guy who could probably do TV. I am definitely a radio guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I've been asked with John Adams, our historian in Victoria and uh, Caroline Taylor, who is in Bastion and an associate in uh, Victoria one. And she will be speaking to the um, tunnel love. And so, 
in a two hour news cycle, they will do uh, five remotes from the hall in Victoria. Um, fingers crossed that we can grab a copy of that and post that on Facebook and we can share it with you guys. And then, uh, yeah, it'll be all the segments kind of patched together. So they'll do the weather and they'll do kind of news of the city a bit from the hall. It's quite exciting. Excellent. Yeah, that is fantastic. Good job, Billy. And uh, hey. nothing to do with it. I had nothing to do with it. I was just told to speak. <laughs> Best of luck with your upcoming year as Noble Grand, both you and. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's going to be exciting. It is. And you guys have such a, a wonderful group of lodges there in Victoria. One day I'm going to come up and visit. I know Mike is on the other side of the country. He's visited your lodge. I'm a couple hours away by boat, and I've never been there. <laughs> come on up. Come on up. We're always open, and uh, we bill it. We bill it here. We, yeah. We'll put you up somewhere. You don't have to pay nice. for a hotel. Excellent. Well, um, that's another episode of the Three Links Oddcast. Our next episode Lord willing and the creek don't rise. We're going to be talking about the Rose Float. That's right. College football season and what kicks off uh, the final group of bowl games, but the Rose Bowl, that New Year's Day tradition. And Odd Fellowship has been a part of that for longer than you might realize. So we have uh, Brother Mel Astrahan, past Grandmaster of California. Uh, he's on the Rose Float Committee, and he's scheduled to talk to us and give us some insight on the float and what it does for Odd Fellowship on our next episode. So on behalf of everyone here at the Three Links Oddcast and our friends at Modern Goat Rider, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Night, everybody. Good night.